Hey, welcome uh, to Rivers. My name is Matt, and I am uh, one of the pastors here, and I'm very glad that you're here this morning. And uh, so this is the first sermon, the first service of our new year. And uh, so New Year's kind of brings people into two different camps or separates people into two camps. There are those of you who make New Year's resolutions and there are those of you who hate New Year's resolutions and make a resolution not to make a resolution, right? So kind of dividing thing there. Uh, But it definitely is this time of year where it is good to kind of evaluate and it's a new start and a restart in some different ways. And and my guess is that there are some of you who are here this morning that you haven't been around a church for a while, maybe first time at River Ridge or coming back to River Ridge, uh, or maybe just investing in Christianity. But you're here because there's some kind of thought in your brain that says, I want to get back involved with church, or I want to grow closer to God, or I want to take my faith a little bit more seriously. You may word that in any number of different ways, but at the heart of it is that you have a desire to get closer to God. And I want to tell you, if you're here this morning for that reason, because you want to get closer to God, River Ridge is a great place to be because our vision, our mission, our desire is to help everybody, no matter where you are in your journey with God, to take the next step. Helping people take next steps in their journey with God. And so if that's your desire is to get closer to God, I think you've come to the right place. You made a great choice by being here. Whether this is your first time or your 500th time, I'm glad that you're here wanting to take that step. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to worship, uh, to slow down, to take communion, um, to hear your word in kind of a fresh way through that song. Um, And God, I pray that you would speak to us this morning, that you know what it is that each one of us needs to hear from you. And I pray that you would speak that to each one of us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So a couple days after Christmas, I went up to Morgantown, where I used to live, and a group of folks gathered there who all used to live there, uh, but especially there was a friend of mine named Curtis and Lindsay. They live in Portland, Oregon. They came back with their four kids to spend a couple weeks in West Virginia, uh, and so I met their youngest child. Her name is Zion, and I made a new friend. So this is Zion and I hanging out, uh, watching the Mountaineer game. She is absolutely precious Uh, And she is my new best friend. She's one of those kids, so she's two, and she's right at that age where she loves life, and the answer to everything is yes. You know, I'll ask any question is yes. Do you have a dog? Yes. Do you have a cat? Yes. Do you have a cow? Yes. She has none of those things. But she'll answer yes to anything. And and I said, what's your dog's name? Because I didn't know that she had a dog at the first. What's your dog's name? And she said, too soft. I'm like, what? I said, is your dog named too soft? Yeah too soft. So anyway, she is a blast. So, but we're sitting there watching the Mountaineer game together in this overstuffed chair. And, uh, and she, and I have my phone out and she grabs my phone and she starts hitting some buttons and icons on my iPhone. And, and then all of a sudden a slideshow of my life in 2018 with pictures and music begins to play on my iPhone. I'm like, this kid is amazingly lucky in the buttons that she hit. So, and so I'm doing something else. And then I say, Zion, can you show me that picture show again? She hits the same buttons and shows me a slideshow of my life. So this is my life in 2018 from Zion. Hey, I'm here at the 
Second Avenue Center, and I got something to show you. So I, I, here's the thing is, I would love to tell you how to do that on your phone, but I don't know. You'd have to ask Zion. She could tell you how to do that on your phone. Um, and so when, right when she did it, I hit, um, you know, send and saved it as a file to be able to put up here. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. As I look back at 2018, it's kind of fun to look back through pictures and see all that happened. So you can see I had a birthday. I guess everybody had a birthday in 2018, but um, I had a bigger one. I turned, did anybody not have a birthday in 2018? <laughs> If you're, born on, if you're born on February 29th, you did not. Anybody born on February 29th? Really? That's, can we sing happy birthday to you because you didn't get a song? Can we do that? All right, ready? Tell everybody your name first. Bobby. All right, ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Bobby. That was not in my notes. Let's see if I can get back to my notes. But, you know, it is fun to look back at the previous year, you know, through slides or pictures or maybe you have an Instagram feed that you look back over or a Facebook feed and, and you look back and you say, man, look at all the stuff that happened last year in 2018. And my guess is, is that you look back at 2018, some of the stuff was just a ton of fun. I look at some of those pictures and there was some fun stuff. I went foreign with some friends. My birthday was awesome. There was also some stuff that was not so fun. We had a raccoon in our house for a couple of weeks. That wasn't so fun. But, you know, all these different things. And then you look forward. You say, okay, 2019 is ahead. You know, we have, what are, be 359 days left of 2019. And what's going to happen in this next year? And the thing is, we can look ahead to an extent, and we can go, I have an idea that this might happen or that might happen, but there's a whole lot of our lives of what is to come that we have no idea what's going to happen. There's going to be some things in our lives that are awesome, and there are going to be some things in our lives that are really hard that we encounter or that, we, that happen to us over this next year. And so this sermon series that we're starting this morning is called A Time for Everything. And we're going to talk about the seasons of our lives and the things that happen to us and the seasons that we enter into. And so the, the title of this or the theme of this is taken from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I want to read Ecclesiastes chapter 3 to you. You already heard it in song, and I will not make you listen to me sing it because you would all leave. But let me read it to you, and I'll make a couple comments along the way. And I want you to listen for the seasons of life that might come to you, come your way over this next year. So it says, for, there is a, every, for everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. You know, this year there may be a birth in your family. There may be a spiritual reawakening in your family. But there also might be a death in your family. Someone close to you, a friend, a loved one. It could be very well that someone in this room dies this year. That could be a very real season of life. 
Then it says, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, to reap and to sow. You know, that part of that is a reference to work, that all of us most likely in this room will have a season of work and that we will spend more time at work than we do doing anything else other than perhaps sleeping this year. Then it says, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. You know, times of healing, times of building up, those are good times. A time of breaking down are things we don't look forward to. But the thing is that God can teach us through both the good things that happen to us and the difficult things that happen to us. It says, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. It's, it's interesting, you know, when we weep, we shed tears. But also when we laugh so hard that it brings tears to our eyes. And so this next year, for Probably all of us will bring times of amazing laughter, just belly laughs where tears roll down our cheeks. But for many of us, it will also bring some times where it will be so hard that we cry over our circumstances and our loved ones and our situations. Then it says, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. You know, and I think about that, especially that embracing, that we embrace when we ha- somebody new enters our life. We give them a hug. But we also embrace as people leave us and leave our lives. And there'll be new people in your life and there'll be people that depart from your life over this next year. Then it says, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, keep silence, and a time to speak. And I tell you, that's one of the hardest things for me to figure out, when to be quiet and when to speak. And I sometimes get that wrong when I'm supposed to speak and I shouldn't, and I should speak and I don't. But that's a part of the seasons of life, when we talk and when we remain quiet. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. That has to do with relationships. So there'll be some peace in relationships that you have, but there will also be some very difficult times that we have relationally over this next year. And you see, here's the thing about the seasons of life. There's 28 seasons mentioned in this passage. But the thing is, is when it comes to seasons, there are seasons that we choose in life. We make a decision and it takes us into this season of life. Or we make a decision and it takes us into this other season of life. Or we don't make a decision and that puts us into a season of life. And some of those seasons are good seasons and some of those seasons are hard seasons that we choose. But sometimes seasons choose us. That somebody in our life makes a decision and because they made that decision, they put us in a new season of life a new place in life, a new circumstance. And sometimes that can be really good, and sometimes that can be really hard. And sometimes God chooses the seasons for us. It's not us. It's not a person. It's God orchestrating circumstances, so now we end up here or there. And sometimes we can like where God puts us, and sometimes we don't like where God puts us. But God puts us in all of these different seasons of life. And so over the course of this sermon series, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about what are the seasons of life that we find ourselves in, because there's a time for everything. And here's the thing is, when it comes to seasons of life, we need wisdom in in two ways. 
We need wisdom in terms of how do I choose, how do I make decisions so that I end up in the seasons of life where there's peace and joy and, and the comfort and those things. And then how do I make decisions that I don't end up in ones where I don't have that? But also there's a part of living in the seasons of life where we need to live in the places that we are. So we don't choose a season, a season chooses us, but yet we want to have wisdom as how we live and move in that and walk in those seasons, whether they're good or bad, whether we choose them or whether they choose us. And so this morning what we're going to do is we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 1. And in Proverbs chapter 1, it talks about wisdom and how we acquire wisdom. And so we're going to talk about three streams of wisdom that we can acquire or how we live in those three streams from Proverbs chapter 1. And then next week, we're going to talk about a season, uh, there's a time for work. We're going to talk about what does God say about the work that we do. And the week after that, we're going to talk about a time for rest. How do we rest? How do we have Sabbath? How do we slow down? And then the fourth week, we're going to talk about a time to sow and to reap in, in, the, in the sense of financial. What does it mean to sow and reap in our culture, in our world? So that's where we're headed over the next couple of weeks. So if you have your Bible, open up to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, um, you can actually grab one afterwards in the lobby at the guest services desk over there. Um, and it'll be on the screen behind me, but you can also open it in the River Ridge app. So we read this in Proverbs chapter 1. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. So the book of Proverbs was compiled by Solomon, and he wrote a lot of the Proverbs in here, and then he gathered them and compiled them in this book of Proverbs. And so it says, the book of Proverbs, son of David, king of Israel, so that's Solomon, says, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. And so what we're going to see in here uh, in this chapter, but also as you read through the whole book of Proverbs, is that Solomon uses the word knowledge, and he also uses the word wisdom. And knowledge and wisdom, he uses them, and he'll use one in one place and one in another place. And there is a bit of kind of interchangeability between them. But there's a nuance of difference that's helpful for us to understand, because our goal is to have wisdom, not just knowledge. And so knowledge is basically knowing facts, knowing this, knowing that, knowing facts. But wisdom is the application of that knowledge, right? So knowledge is knowing facts, but what we want, what we're after is something greater, which is wisdom, which is how do we apply the knowledge that God gives us. So knowledge, just for example, would be to say, hey, from going from this point to that point, it's, you know, it's a 12-mile walk and it's, you know, it's all desert. Right? And we'd say, okay, well, that's the knowledge. And then the wisdom would say, because it's 12 miles walking in the desert, I need to bring water with me. That would be kind of an example of that. And so what we want to look for is what is the wisdom that we can glean. And so in this first couple of verses, it says to understand words of insight, that God has given us words of insight contained all throughout the Bible, particularly here he's referring to the book of Proverbs. And so the first stream is this, is God's word, is God's word. And I've used this word stream, and we're going to talk about three different streams, and it's the idea that when we are in this stream, it is a constant flow from God to us in three different ways. We're going to talk about all three ways 
But the first one is that God's flow to us, his filling us with wisdom, is through his word. And what we want to happen with God's word is we want God's word to be life-giving to us. We want to read God's word and interact with God in a daily way, and it gives us life because it gives us wisdom on how to live life in relationship to God and in relationship to people. There's a TV commercial that has been out recently, and there's actually five in this sort of series of commercials. I think it's AT&T, but the theme of this is just okay is not okay. Have anybody seen those commercials out? Okay, there's some some pretty funny ones. So one of them is there's a guy who walks into a mechanic shop, and he says to the mechanic, he says, are you guys good with brakes? And the mechanic goes, well, we're okay. And then he goes, just okay, I kind of want good brakes. He goes, well, we got a motto around here that says, if the brakes don't stop you, something else will. <laughs> you know. And then there's another one. There's a guy who's getting ready to have an operation, and he asks the nurse. He says, is, is this doctor, you know, is he a good surgeon? And the nurse goes, he's okay. So you don't want that guy operating on you. But it's just a funny series of commercials where okay is, is not okay, just okay is not okay. And when it comes to you hearing from God, learning from God's word, I don't want you to settle for just okay. Well, I heard, you know, somebody preached a sermon on Sunday, and I'm okay with that. You know, and I read the Bible a week ago. I read it once a couple weeks ago. Read it twice last month. I don't want you to be okay with just being okay. I want us to have a passionate pursuit that says, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out how does God speak to me? How can God speak to me through his word? That every day it would be life-giving and filling for you. Because I really believe, and we're going to talk about this a lot this year, is that 15 minutes alone with God will change your life. 15 minutes of receiving God's wisdom and instruction and words and truth and praying and expressing your heart. And 15 minutes daily will change your life. We want to help you with that. And so we put together some resources to kick off this year. And here's the resources. When you leave here this morning, um, we put together a, kind of a bookmark reading guide. And it's, it basically, it's 40 readings from the poetic books that everyone should read. So the poetic books are Job, Psalms, Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Uh, And so what I did is I went through all five of those books, and I picked out the chapters that kind of um, represented what the book was about, but also would help you in terms of your own walk with God. Uh, And so these are out there on the silver tables as you leave. Pick one up, uh, and I encourage you to read it and to to utilize this as a way. You don't have, if there's something else that you want to use, the YouVersion Bible online or whatever it is, but find something that will allow you to hear from God daily. On this, they have also some questions that will guide you. It says, what stands out to you most in this passage? What do you learn about God? What do you learn about yourself? And how can you apply this passage in your life? So, you know, use your phone, take notes, write those things down, get a journal and write those out, whatever it takes, but have that 15-minute interaction with God. If you have kids uh, over in our Ridge Kids uh, ministry who are kindergarten through third grade, we have every week you get this. Uh, it's called a God time card. And it's just an exercise for you to do with your kids four times over the course of the week. Encourage you to do that with your kids. They're going to do a little contest to kind of encourage kids, encourage you to do it with your kids. 
And then if you have uh, kids who are in fourth or fifth grade, we're giving every fourth and fifth grade this little devotion. It's called a 28-day devotional experience for kids, and it's called Know God. Um, encourage you to uh, have your kids do this. It's got like, you know, days of the week and different um, for the uh, pray and different verses to read and things to write. And, and to tell you the truth, I looked at this, I'm like, ooh, this looks kind of cool. And I looked at this, I'm like, this is a little plain. And so some of you guys are going to want to do this. But I looked at it, the, the, the printing is way too small. Your eyes will never read it. I'm just telling you, um, if you want to you know, try and pretend like you have a fourth grader and take it from them, you can do that. Um, but the bottom line is this, is we want everybody in God's word. Middle school kids, if you have sixth, seventh, or eighth graders, they're getting that same bookmark in their wired group today because we want everybody as a church spend 15 minutes with God every day that is God's stream to us, God's method of giving us wisdom. Verse 3 of Proverbs helps us in this a little bit. It says, to receive instruction, so that's what we just talked about, in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. You know, and the question on there is, what do you learn about God and how can you apply this to your life? And as you think about that, one of the things that's, that can be very helpful is to say, well, what am I looking for? And this tells you three things to look for. Look for righteousness. So what does the Bible say? What, whatever you read on a particular day, what does it say about how can I live my life in relationship to God to become more the person he wants me to be? And injustice, that means how do I treat the world? How do I have an impact on the world around me? And to look and say, what does it say about having an impact on the world around me? And then equity, or sometimes maybe translated as fair, is how do I deal with people? What does God's word say about how do I deal with people? Those are things that you can look for as you read God's word. Again, remember the desire, what we're shooting for here is we want to be in these streams of wisdom so that we can live in whatever season of life is ahead of us, whether we can picture what it is or whether we have no idea what's coming, but we want to have God's wisdom in every season of life, no matter what we go through. And it continues on. It says, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. So in here, um, Solomon refers, he says, to give prudence to the simple. And simple is a word here that we use the word simple in actually a different way. Usually we use simple as a synonym for easy. You know, doing this is simple. Doing my homework was simple. Getting from here to my house is simple. We use it as a kind of a synonym for easy. But where Solomon uses it here is simple is this idea um, of describing a type of person, the simple. It's a type of person. And as, as I was, and it's not a word that we use a whole lot, so I was kind of looking into it a little bit, and I looked at a number of different translations of this verse from Hebrew into English, and every translation I looked at has the word simple, because sometimes they'll use something different, um, but use the word simple. And then I looked at um, all the ways this Hebrew word is used in the Old Testament, and it, there's 18 different ways that it's used, or eight different, 18 different times that it's used. And sometimes it's used in a positive way, like uh, it's good to be simple, and other times it was used in a negative way. And here's why, where I'm kind of ending up with this. What it's saying is to be simple in this context means to be a blank slate, an, an unwritten on page, saying that be a person who is simple in the sense of naive, saying, I will write whatever God wants me to write on the tablet 
of my heart, on the tablet of my page. And God has great wisdom, and are we going to put that on there? Also in here, it talks about the discretion of the youth. And we're talked about, we're described as being youth. Other places, it says that you are wise. Other places, it says that you are foolish. And I put all of these words together for this reason, is that when it comes to wisdom, part of what we want to do is understand who we are. Am I wise in this area? Am I foolish in this area? Am I simple in this area? Am I knowledgeable in this area? What do I know? What do I not know? And we put together this way, is the second stream is know yourself. Know yourself. That's part of how God brings wisdom to us. The more that we know and understand ourselves, the more we will be able to soak up and apply the wisdom that God gives to us. I've been reading a book um, recently called The Road Back to You. It's about a thing called the Enneagram. Has anybody done the Enneagram stuff? Is that familiar to anybody? Okay, a couple of you guys are like psycho Enneagram people. Uh, but it's this kind of thing that's catching on. But it's, it takes this personality profile, uh, and then it overlays it with who God has made us and how, who God has created us to be. And, and it's really fascinating to understand that type of stuff. But the thing is that God has made every one of us different. That you're standing next to somebody that's in your family, and God made you different from them. And you're sitting behind and in front of somebody, and God made you different from them. That God has uniquely made you, and the more that we can understand that, the more that we can apply God's wisdom to our lives. You know, there's some questions that we can ask ourselves about, who am I? How has God designed me? You know, what are the things in your life that fill you up? What are the things in your life that drain you? Do you know those things? You know, what are the things that are the triggers that kind of send you spiraling down into the doldrums? What are the triggers that lift you up? What are the things in your schedule that you need to say no to? What are the things in your schedule that you need to say yes to? How about people? You know, does time with people, does that energize you? Or does time with people drain you? All of that is about knowing ourselves. And the more that we know ourselves, the more we can take God's wisdom and God's knowledge and put it to work in our lives. Here's the next stream. It comes from verse 5 and 6. It says, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles talks about understanding wisdom from other people, about getting guidance. And so here's the third stream, is people. People is the third stream of God's wisdom to us. When we talk about wisdom from people, it's important that we're looking to the right people for wisdom. There's a great proverb in uh, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. It says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fool suffers harm. And so what we want to do is we want to surround ourselves with people who will help us to grow wise. And one of the things that we've established us up here at Rivers Church are ridge groups. And we have all kinds of different ridge groups. We have ones for men, ones for women. We have Celebrate Recovery. We have uh, groups for high school kids. We have groups for couples. We have groups for couples and singles together. We've got all kinds of different groups, but we gather together 
because we want to give and impart wisdom and help one another find God's wisdom in our lives. I became a Christian in, uh, right after my, in high school. It was right after my sophomore year of high school I became a Christian. And right after that, I joined a small group. And I have been in a small group every single year since then. All kinds of different groups. I've been in men's groups. I've been been in any women's groups. I've been in men's groups. I've been in groups with couples. I've been in singles. I've been in all kinds of groups. And and from some of these groups, I have lifelong friends. Uh, As a matter of fact, Curtis, the the dad of the little girl in the picture earlier, uh, he was in a small group that I led when he was in high school. uh, And we called ourselves the Fat Hogs. It was fellas after the heart of God. And we met at 6 a.m., uh, every Wednesday before school and talked about God's word and how it fit in to our lives. All kinds of small groups that I've been in. And there's a couple of common themes about how wisdom has come to me and wisdom has gone out in the small groups that I've been a part of. One of them is just experience. Is you're in a group and people have been down the road, they're farther down the road than you are, and you will learn from their experience, especially if you ask questions. I can remember when Stacey and I were first married, we were in a small group, and we were asking all kinds of questions about marriage. And then when we had kids, there were some folks who were a little bit further ahead of us with kids, and we asked all kinds of parenting questions. You know, another area is encouragement, that people can encourage you with the wisdom that they have. There's a small group that we were in in Morgantown, West Virginia, and uh, it was a group of folks, and their kids were just a little bit older than ours. And, and Stacey and I were at this point where we were praying and trying to figure out, what do we do with our kids in terms of school? Should we put them in public school? Should we homeschool them? Should we do private school? Should we do Christian school? We, did, we didn't know. And this woman, Becky, in our group, and I can remember her saying this exactly. She said, you know, Matt, Stacy, it doesn't matter where your kids go to school because you will be the greatest influence on their lives. Make the best decision you can, but understand you will be the greatest influence in in their lives. And that was so encouraging to me, also very challenging, but those are the types of words of wisdom you get when you're in a group. The group that I'm in now meets on Sunday nights. We're going through the book of Ephesians, and it's great. People have insights into the scriptures that I don't have. I'm supposed to be the pastor and know everything, and people are bringing thoughts about the passage we're looking at and studying. It's great to be a part of that. You know, and the other way that wisdom comes in through a group is through being authentic and sharing mistakes. You know, when you're in a group and you share, hey, I messed up with this or I messed up with that, it adds wisdom to somebody else. This is what I'm thinking about doing. Well, I did that and here's where it led me. And we share just by our own experiences of our own mistakes and struggles as a way of giving wisdom to other people. If you're in a group right now, if you're in a Ridge group or maybe some other group that's not affiliated with River Ridge, I'd encourage you to do two things. The first is this, is to gain all the wisdom that you can, to glean all the wisdom that you can from the people in your group. Listen to how God is speaking to you through them. And then the second is this, is when God gives you something that you feel like is a word of wisdom, share it with the group. Even if you're new to the group, even if you're a new believer, you feel like God has something, then share it. If you have a question, share that. It will be an encouragement to the group. If you're not in a group, if you're not in a Ridge group and you'd like to be in one, we would love to get you plugged in to a Ridge group so that you can be part of this kind of wisdom cauldron that a lot of us are in. There's kind of three ways you can get involved. You can go out. uh, Bruce Moore will be at the kiosk out there and can answer questions and can fill out information for you. If you go on our River Ridge app, you can hit uh, find a group. It's on the app. 
uh, and get connected that way. Uh, or if you want to go on the website, you can fill out a form there. We'll collect all the people over these next three weeks who want to be in a group, uh, and then we'll form some new groups. We'll plug some people into some existing groups. Uh, but if you want to be in a group, we would love to have you be in a group. It is such a huge source of wisdom in our lives. The final verse uh, is verse 7. And I'll wrap up with this. It says this. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And it starts out, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And, and sometimes we have that word fear and we misunderstand it. That fear doesn't mean be afraid of God. What fear means is be in awe of God. And you know, one thing that we're going to talk about over this whole year is we're going to talk about what's your picture of God? What's your view of God? Because here's the thing is, your view of God determines your relationship with God. And if you have a false view of God or an errant or skewed view of God, that will affect your relationship with Him. But when you have an accurate view of who God is, that will strengthen your relationship with him. So if you, have a fee, if you have a view of God that you're supposed to be afraid of him, well, that's going to make you distant and want to step back from him. But if you have a view of God that he's compassionate and forgiving, well, that's going to make you want to draw closer to God. If you have a view of God that God doesn't really care how I live, I can live however I want, he doesn't really care, then you'll just kind of keep your distance from God and not really seek him at all. But if you have a view of God that God cares about every single aspect of your life, then you will seek him to find the answers to every single aspect of your life. That he is the God who is awe-filled because he has all this wisdom that he wants to impart to us and you will seek him. And so what I want us to do as a church, as individuals, it's like this wealth of wisdom about all the different seasons of life that we're going to go through is available to us through these streams, through God's word, through knowing who we are and how God has created us, and through the people around us in life. And God wants to speak that wisdom to you. And the question is, are you open to allowing those streams of his wisdom to flow into you? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to be together, to grow together, um, and to learn from you. God, help us to walk out of here and seek you and seek the wisdom that you make available to us. In Jesus' name, amen.